Well, as you can tell, there is a ton of stuff going on here at Grace Church, just wonderful things. And in fact, today is our last day of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I just want to congratulate so many of you that participated and got involved in our praying and following us on Facebook and social media on our daily posts and, and worshiping with us and denying, like denying yourself in different ways. And so that's how it works. Like that's how we beg God to move powerfully and we, we show him in our lives through desperation and fasting is one of those spiritual disciplines that we're going to continue to have and adopt, and then we just see what he does. We watch him work. And so I want to encourage you. Today's the last day we celebrate, and I know some of you are just so excited to, to break the thing that you've been fasting, and I get it. Like, I totally understand. So I just want to encourage you, though, as you move forward over these next weeks and months that you would consider having fasting as part of your regular spiritual discipline. You know, what it is that you can, can deny yourself and, and to remove from your life to show this continued desperation for the Lord to move in a powerful way. And, and so as we continue to move forward, you know, after our 21 days of prayer and fasting, right now we're in week three of a series that we're, we're calling The Art of Neighboring. You know, for us as a church, we want to be good neighbors. We want to be involved in our community in powerful ways. You've heard, you know, the examples on how we're doing that, not only this week, but weeks past, and it will continue. And so I want to ask you, you know, when, when you think about neighboring and others, like what matters most uh, to you in your life? Like right now, if you were to, to list the top three things, what are the things that matter the most to you? Because there are things, and, and so it, it's reflected in our life. So we're all on this journey together, and we're, we're on a continued path that, that isn't done yet, because if you and I know, if we still have breath in our lungs, that our journey's not done. God still has more for us, more things to do, more things to follow him, and, and that he wants to do through, through us, and that's amazing to think about. So what matters most in this journey as, as, we, as we look at the art of neighboring? So it's so interesting to me, because the Apostle Paul wrote a, a certain you know, few scriptures, and he, he had accomplished so much in his life, but he knew that there was still more. And the, and the things that matter most, that God had more for him, he writes this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And we all feel that way, don't we? We, we, we? we will totally admit, I'm nowhere near, I know where I should be. And we know that, we know that God has more for us. And so the thing that's challenging in those verses is forgetting the past, isn't it? Because our past constantly is in our mind, and we've got to leave that behind and push that back. Because that will be like an anchor that we're, we're dragging along unnecessarily. But all of us know that there is more, isn't there? That God has more for us. You know, just remembering back when we started this church, you know, 11 years ago, there were already a lot of churches in the area. I'm so thankful. There are so many incredible churches in our community, in our county, in this region, in the Space Coast that we love. But the reality still was that there were plenty of people that didn't yet know Jesus. Plenty. There's tons of them. And maybe now there's more than ever because people are, are leaving from God. They're leaving faith. And, and there, there are people just that are not connected with church. Maybe they were at one point in time. Maybe they went when they, went, they, went when they were younger. But now... They just, they're not. And so that's where you and I come in. Like, we're the church. It's the art of neighboring. It's reaching out to those people. And so we've got to continue to press on. Press on to this, in this race that you and I are in because it's a, there's a destination and a journey that we're on. So we've got to strain to move forward in that at times. And so I just want to 
ask you, you know, in your straining to move forward, are you dragging those unnecessary anchors from your past? Or is the opposition coming from in front of you? And sometimes it's both. Let's be honest. We need, we need Jesus to, to restore us and bring healing in our lives from our past. But then also, like the enemy is battling against us, and we've got to recognize that. And so we have to be praying and fasting and relying upon the Lord because we've got to move forward in that. And so here's what I want to encourage you with as well, where if you're pressing on and you're trying to move forward, here's my encouragement. Don't quit. Please don't quit because so many times we get tired, we get worn out, and we just get fed up and, and we just are done. And so we just, we just throw up our hands and we quit and we walk away. That's not the intent. In, in, like the intent is that we would have healing from our past and that we would break through the barriers and the opposition that we're facing. Not that we would give up. That's not what the Lord has for us. So if you could do me a favor, go ahead and tell the person next to you, don't quit. Tell them right, right now, don't quit. You know, and, and for some reason you picked that person, so look at the other person on the other side and say, hey, you know, you don't need to quit either. You know, so like we can't quit. Like we, we should not be quitting. We should be reliant upon the Lord. We'll face some struggles, no doubt. But quitting should not be in what, what we have for us uh, because we want to continue to commit to follow after the Lord, to be pursuant after him, follow him, and, and even those things that are holding us down can be removed. And so I just want to encourage you, like, it is possible to experience breakthrough in the things that are holding you down and holding you back. The opposition that you're, you're facing, breakthrough is possible, but it doesn't always happen instantaneously. And so some of the things that we need to do, though, to experience the breakthrough that we long for is that we would live differently and begin thinking differently. Paul also wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, or chapter 13, verse 11, he said, when I was a child... I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now, many of us, what's happened over the years is we've actually adopted things from our past, uh, from our upbringing, from our parents. We've adopted habits and tendencies over the course of our life because of the things that we've gone through. But I, you know, I don't know about you, but I hate the, the, the phrase, your dad did that. Or, or your mom does it that way, and it's like, mm, you know, and, and we, we get a little bit frustrated. Now, there are amazing things that, you know, ho hopefully your parents did, and I know mine as well, but sometimes you're like, oh, like I don't, I don't want that. And so we've got to recognize that there are things that we need to break, break away from. Now, oftentimes in our environment, our upbringing, we adopt those things in our life because they seem comfortable. They're familiar. They seem correct and right. But, but in fact, they're holding us back and holding us down. And so that's why, gosh, when you look at the extreme examples of women who marry husbands that are abusive, sometimes you look back at their past and it's actually, in fact, because they had a dad that was also abusive in their life. And so that tendency, because of that environment and the upbringing, it just, it's perpetual in their life. And so I would say very clearly that breakthrough is possible, healing from the past and breaking through in that tendency, but you know, it's very clear that we've got to change some things, change the way we think. We've got to grow up a little bit, leave some things behind. And so we have to do that because I would say that God has something for you. God has something better, better and amazing if we're willing to do the work to, to move forward in that. And so there's oftentimes things in our life that we need to change. Uh, so, so when you look at your life, those things, those, those hiccups, those speed bumps, those pitfalls, you know, and, and every time, you know, I talk with people about their life and we kind of look back and reflect and, and 
I've never met anyone, if they kind of get closer to the end of their life, they get maybe older in age, or if they're struggling with a sickness, and, and, and it, it's, it's proving that it's possible that it'll be fatal, none of them are, are ever going, man, I wish I spent more time in the office. You know, gosh, I, like, no. Oftentimes, it's, I wish I spent more time with my friends and family. I wish I, I spent more time doing ministry in the community, helping others in need. I wish I would have talked to my friend about Jesus, you know, before, because now I don't know if I'll have that chance. And so it just is so important. So I want to ask you, you know, are there people in your life that they're, that they're holding you back, holding you down from, from that breakthrough? Because sometimes there are people, because we want to do more. We want to take steps forward. So if it's that one girl, like that one girl that you're always hanging out with and, and you always seem to come and get into trouble, you know, when you're with her, when you're with her and hanging out with her, she's got to go. Like, she's got to go. I'm sorry, you know, you, you love on her, but if, if she's part of the anchor and bringing you down, that's part of the problem. Now, instead of ministering to her, she's actually causing issues and problems and for you to prevent you from the breakthrough. We, like, we've got to grow up in things regarding that. So th there are probably some necessary changes that have to take place. And so one of the things that uh, it, it talks about in Scripture that's so powerful, and, and, and over the course of this year, we're actually going to do a whole series on wisdom, but this, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Wisdom is actually applying it and doing it. Because that, you and I, there's a lot of knowledge. We know a lot of stuff, you know, but oftentimes we struggle with the wisdom side and making those practical applications so that we can move forward. So wisdom is actually applying that to our situation. So it, uh, it talks about this in Ephesians 5, verse 15. It says, so be careful. Like, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's harsh. That's hard for us to read. Basically, the author is saying... <laughs> Don't be a fool. It's like, what? Like, what? Are you saying that to me? Yeah. He's saying, don't be foolish because we have this incredible opportunity, right? What, what are the things that are most important? In the art of neighboring, what's the most important? We have a short window of time. In our life that's here on this earth, in this world, like we have a short window of time. You know, and I know for me, you know, I, I'm in my, I'm 45, so I'm in my mid-40s and stuff, and, and I'll joke around and say, like, I'm middle-aged, and so I don't feel middle-aged, because I still feel like a kid some days, and I, and I act like it too, but I'm starting to get, you know, some, the gray hairs are climbing up from my temple, and I'm getting some up here now, and so when that happens, we start to look back at our life, don't we? And we start to look ahead. We want, like, I want to be effective. I'm so thankful for the things that God has done through me. But man, I'll tell you what, I ain't gonna lie, like I'm, I'm excited about the next 45. Because I'm going, God, could you do even more? God, I wanna, I, I'm pressing after you because I, I, I'm excited about what's gonna happen. And so I just, there are ways that God wants to use us in our lives. And sometimes he wants to use us in a different way, but, but we're held back. We're held down and that's gotta change. And so I wanna say very clearly, like I'm not done. Like the journey is still happening for me and I want to speak that over you as well. You're not done. You've got breath in your lungs and we're on this journey together. So let's be excited and, and see what God might do through us. Because there's another verse in Philippians 1.6 It says, and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That's the end of the journey for all of us. It's when Jesus comes back. Like, and, and he's the one, you know, God's going to tell him when that day is. 
So we need to understand what the Lord has for us, what he wants us to do. And so in order for us to know that, we need to know what matters. And so maybe you thought of a few things that are important to you, you know, like friends or family or maybe your business. But so in order to know what's next, we've got to know what matters because so often we get concerned about things that aren't as important as what they should be. We put them very high on our priority list, or we're thinking about them, or we're worried about them a, a whole lot, but really when it comes down to it, they're not that important. And so I want to I pastor you a little bit. The first one is, is pretty simple. It's that God, like God matters. And we know that. It's easy for us to say, you know, like, oh, God matters. Okay, that's great. I'm glad that you think that and feel that. But how is that reflected in your life? I mean, how is that shown that God truly matters? He's the number one most important thing. And so would other people look at your life and go, yeah, like God, Jesus is number one for them in their life. It's obvious. And so I I feel like we need to continue to, to commit to know Christ and not just know him, but I mean know him where we know what he's thinking. We know what he would say. We know how Christ would react and respond in a situation And because we know him, because of the amount of time that we're with him, then what happens is we start to act like him. And so he matters. It matters how much time we're spending with him. So a relationship with him is extremely important. So how much time are you spending with Jesus? You know, watching watching shows that are about him, listening to the Bible online, taking your scripture and pulling the paper Bible out and underlining some stuff. You know, praying through some scripture, taking your soap Bible study and, and just allowing it to marinate in your soul. Like that, that those are the things, because when we do that, it comes out in our life. And so we need that growing relationship with the Lord. That, that's the number one thing. That's what matters. And then the second thing I want to share with you is that people, uh, people matter. People matter so much. And, and so many times we look at our lives and we're just mad at people. That when, we, when you look around, like people are offended at everybody, we're upset at others or what they say and what they post. There's so much dissension and division right now. Like, like people are just mad, they're upset, they're frustrated about everything. And so here's the deal, like when, when people matter, like to me, people should be number two, like God should be number one and people should be number two. So when we look at them in, in the art of neighboring, we should be loving them, we should be forgiving them, we shouldn't be so upset at them or what they're doing. And so this is essential in the art of neighboring and what matters most. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, it says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. And like this, if over these, these last couple of series, I don't know if you've, you've been able to, to be in person or watch online, but how many times have we quoted love your neighbor? Like the part, it was, so we did a radical love series in January, and we're doing art of neighboring right now. There are so many times, love your neighbor as yourself, is repeated throughout all scripture. It's re- there's so many examples of it. It's incredible. And so I just, I want to encourage you right now to, to tell two people you love them. 
Like, tell two people, like, hey, I was thinking about you. I, I want you to tell two people that you're praying for them. In fact, if, if you even want to do that right now, you maybe have your phone out already. Go ahead and pick your best friend, your roommate, you know, maybe somebody in your family that, that they just, they need prayer. Just say, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. I love you. I care about you. Maybe it's your mom or dad or you haven't told them recently. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and send that text. Just tell them I said hi. You know, it's cool. Um, but so, like, God matters. People matter. Living a life that honors the Lord, it matters. And so I want to challenge you, if it's okay, to quit complaining. Like, we complain about so much stuff. And if we're honest, we have it so good. We are so blessed in our lives. And so I just want to encourage us. We've got to be making a difference. I mean, it says in Scripture that, you know, to, to whom much is given, much is required. I feel like we're given a lot. We have a lot of opportunity in front of us. And so we can live that out. And other people matter. They matter. Whether they know Christ or not, whether they're in our church or not, and they're in our community, I mean, they matter. People are extremely valuable, so valuable that Christ was willing to die for humanity. And I think we should see the, the same way in the same perspective. Because number three, eternity matters. At the end of the day, you know, I, we will stop breathing, our heart will stop beating, or Jesus will come back, whatever happens first. But we all have had family members who have passed. You know, I have some friends that, you know, that they lost family members just recently. And, and when that happens, it becomes very real, doesn't it? Like the end of life and eternity and, you know, the afterlife. And pe like people are very open to what happens when somebody passes. And so when, you know, that day comes, like there, you, there's no stress. Bills are gone. Sickness is done. But here's the deal. Like, eternity is real. There really is a heaven and a hell. And I'll tell you what, I love Melbourne. I love the Space Coast. I feel very blessed to live here. I mean, we live where people vacation. Like, what's up with that? So we get to live here every day. And, but the, here's the reality. Heaven is even better than where we get to be and, and live now. So eternity matters. And, and Jesus taught us this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. He says, hey, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. So we've got to know what matters. You know, God matters, people matter, eternity matter, matters. And so those people that God put in your life, you know, recognize that they're, they're treasures, they're precious, Right, God, if you have children, God gifted you those children, and we would say they're precious most of the time. And so we've, we invest in them as the treasures that they are. So I hope that you get that. I hope you, know, you go, yeah, like I get it. it. It makes sense. And here's the deal. Those points are not profound. They're not. I was, I, you know, as I'm praying and looking at this message, I'm going, man, it just seems really simple. But here's the deal. Sometimes we've got to be reminded of the foundational principles and the things that seem basic. Because we've gotten off of them a little bit. So I, I would just ask, you know, are, are those priorities in line? When you said, hey, when I asked you what matters, did you go God and people and eternity? I mean, maybe, hopefully, but if not, man, I, I just want to encourage you to, to begin allowing that to saturate your thought life and what's going on. And so if you are and you want to move in that direction, like there's just a couple of things that we need to do. We take and apply in our life. So, so the first thing is extremely important. It's actually about you. You need to find your purpose. I, 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 let me just ask a question. 
if you'd be willing to raise your hand because you know what your purpose is, would you be so bold? Like just, if you know what your purpose is, put your hand up. Like, do you know your purpose? And, and if this isn't arrogant or prideful, yeah, thank you so much. There's a smattering of hands, there, you know, in the auditorium. Maybe some of you watching online, you feel. But here's the deal. We meet people all the time. They don't know what their purpose is. And maybe you don't as well. Because so many times we go, well, I just, I guess my purpose is just to exist. I eat, I sleep, I go to work, I repeat the next day. It, it's like we're in this survival mode. And so, I mean, how many years have to continue to pass until we get to the point where we actually know our purpose? And some of you, you know, you look at God and you go, God, I just, I want you to take all my problems away. Like, that would be super cool and awesome. But what if you and I had a purpose that was actually bigger than our problems? I just think if we had that, that we wouldn't look at our problems so much, that our problems wouldn't seem so insurmountable, that in fact our purpose would be greater than our problems. I just, if we knew that and we were aware, and so I want to help you. Like honestly, if you don't know your purpose, I'm giving it to you right now. I want to help you understand your purpose and your calling in life because we all have it. In, in fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we have more than a purpose, that, that we're a masterpiece, for, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. You will not know your purpose until you know God. That's just, it, it, I'm sorry to be so harsh or be so direct. If you don't yet know Christ, you won't know your purpose because he's the one that designed you and created you and laid out your purpose for yourself in your life through him. And so if you want to know your purpose and you don't, you don't know God, that's the first step. You've got to know him because he gave you the personality that you have. He gave you your giftings, your capabilities. He's the one that imparted all those things in you. And here's the deal. If you don't know that and you haven't been through our Discover Track yet, that's, that's the, the class that we teach uh, to, to, to help new people get grafted into Grace Church. It's kind of like our membership class. So it's about two hours. It's actually tomorrow. If you don't know what your purpose is, you need to go because we talk about it. We lay out the things that are in there because when, when you know your purpose, it makes life a whole lot easier. And quite honestly, it makes it easier for me to pastor you. You know, people will look at me, you know, in my pastoral calling and my job, and they go, wow, I don't know how you do it. And so I want to tell you, you would make it easier for me when you discover your purpose. When you know Christ and have your purpose, my job gets a whole lot easier. And so, like, let's do this together, because we all have issues. We all do. And those are not going to go away. There's going to be continuous issues in our life. But when we have our purpose, man, those issues and problems just seem to dissipate and dissolve and go away. So God matters, people matter, eternity matters, us knowing our purpose. And if you don't know it, we want to help you. And so after you know your purpose, the, the next thing that, that's pretty simple that we're supposed to do is we're supposed to help other people find their purpose. That's part of my purpose, is to help you, that you would identify yours, because we live in a community of people that have lost hope uh, the, like struggling desperately. And here's what I want to share with you. I mean, the ones that seem like they have it all together on the outside, man, I'll tell you what, behind closed doors, they are a mess, a complete mess. And so you and I, like I just, I think the, we have to, as the church, we need some organic growth. 
where you and I, where we just start caring about people a little bit more. And not just looking at the outside, but we're willing to take a step in, you know, get behind the closed doors, develop some relationship, get, get to experience them, help them discover th- their purpose, because they're longing for it. They're desperate. They're grasping at anything. And oftentimes, the things that they're grasping at are things to help them cope through the misery that they're struggling with. What if you and I gave them a Savior, a Lord, a Father, who gives unconditional love and grace to us and uh, it just forgiveness for our sins. And, and like we, we can ask for forgiveness and, and he does. Like he does. It's incredible when we receive that. And so our purpose is to help others find their purpose by serving the Lord and serving other people around us. And so quit worrying about that thing. You know, wh- wh- what is it that you're worried so much about? I just, I think so many times worry gets, gets wrapped up in our life and it's holding us back and holding us down. It's preventing us from where we're going next. Why are you worried so much about it? Have you committed it to prayer? And so I just, like we've got to stop. We've got to stop and see the people around us. We've got to see them the way God sees them. We have to understand that we can have compassion. We can see their pain without being judgmental. It's a beautiful thing. It's incredible what the Holy Spirit might do where we feel their pain with them. You know, we're not the answer. You know, Jesus is the answer. But gosh, when God uses us to share Jesus with them, it's miraculous. So love on them. Be Jesus. Be a blessing to them. I just I hope that, you know, in the art of neighboring, the things that are most important, we have to get back to that place. And so I just want to, want to be an encouragement to you today because we can flow in the goodness of God. He is so good and so loving, and we can be part of that flow. And so let's join together, like as a church, as a community, as a people. What would it look like if we actually did this, we actually believed this and lived this out, and had a conversation with a stranger at the grocery store, or talked to our coworker that's in the cubicle you know, next to us, or after the Zoom meeting, you say, hey, can, can I catch up with you just for a minute? You know, like, what if we actually did that? And took that conversation and put a spiritual spin on it and talked to them. And allow the Lord to work through us in an amazing way. Because I just think if we did that together, we could make a big impact in our community. For the Lord and his kingdom. And that just, that's exciting to me. I get jacked up about that. So when you talk about that, it's not too big. It's not. It's not, it's not so impossible. But it is absolutely possible. It's real. Why? Because you and I are real, like we're authentic. You know, so many times people will, will, com- will complain about Christians and us, and they'll be like, oh, all Christians are hypocrites. And I'm like, whoa, time out, cowboy. I never claim to be perfect. Like this, I'm not perfect. So I, like Jesus is perfect, and he never did anything wrong. Like you can't say he's a hypocrite. He did what he said he was going to do. But for me, I'm a sinner, bro. Like I, I'm still trying to figure some of this stuff out. But if I at least know him. I talk to him, if you, if, like, and I want you to join up with me, because it'll change your life. So I'm not, like, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm, I never claim to be perfect. And so, you know, when they look at us and they make those accusations, I, I think sometimes we just need to step up and be a little bit bold. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I never claimed perfection. Are you kidding me? I messed up today. You should have heard what I said to my wife. You know, it's like, I, I, come on. Like, and the Lord loves us, draws us in. You know, and, and, and man, it just is a beautiful thing. And so what if, we actually live this out and help others to find their purpose as well. I could just see this movement 
of the Holy Spirit working through our homes, our neighborhoods, our community, at work. It's just so powerful. So significant. And we're real about it. It's not fake. We're not contriving something. Like, we're genuine in this. And so I just want to encourage you because, like, this is where our heart lies in, in the art of neighboring and, and, and just understanding our priorities in life and seeing the results of prayer and fasting, salvation, and people coming to know the Lord. Powerful. If you guys could do me a favor, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Go ahead and bow your head and, and close your eyes. And, and, and if you're watching online, just take this moment to, to have some personal reflection. What, what's, the, what's the Lord speaking to you? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you in this moment? You know, maybe you felt a little bit challenged. Maybe you felt a little bit convicted. And that's okay. There's probably some changes we need to make. But maybe, just maybe for some of you, it's that you know that you need Jesus. You know, I, I, I put God matters as number one. And, and you're going, ooh, like that, <laughs> that should have been first, but it wasn't. And you know it. So here's the amazing thing. Like, God doesn't look down from heaven and, and look for opportunities to destroy us. In fact, God looks down from heaven and sees opportunities for restoration and healing and ways he can show that he loves us. And so God wants to bring forgiveness and repentance in our life. But you and I have to take that first step. And so if you're here in the auditorium or you're watching online and you know that you need to make, uh, take a step to closer to Jesus... Maybe you, you went to church before, or you knew God before, but things aren't right right now, and that needs to change. Or maybe you know you need to make a commitment to Christ for the first time. You, you never knew your purpose would be in Him. And so I just would ask, you know, that you would slip your hand up. If you're here in the auditorium, if you're watching online, just go ahead and, and, and post in the comments that, that you need some type of response, and we'll reach out to you. Is there anybody that you just go, yeah, that's me. I need the Lord. I need Christ. You know, I need to put him as the number one priority. Such a big deal. It's so important. And so let's go before the Lord in, in prayer uh, and, and, and desiring. So let's ask him. Say, let's just pray together. Say, God, just I need you so much. God, I'm desperate for you in my life. Jesus, thank you for coming and laying down your life for me. Help me to find my purpose in you and to live that out. God, that you would pour out your love and your grace on us. Lord, we receive it. We need it. We're desperate for it. And so, God, thank you so much for your generosity towards us, Jesus, for your life and for the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not left alone, but we'll walk in you. We'll live this out. And, Father, right now, I also pray that you would, you would put people on our mind, that you would put people in our path, our neighbors, on our heart, and we begin praying for them now. Lord, we ask that you would move on their life in their life, that you would do something amazing. We pray for them. God, we see their face, our friends and family members and coworkers. Lord, we lift them up to you. You are miraculous. You're our Lord and Savior. You're our Redeemer. I pray that you would do something amazing in their life. In Jesus' name.